If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So, this week on the podcast, we have actor, writer, director Seamus Hanley. Seamus is starring and directed this new film called The Middle Finger. Uh, I'm delighted to have Seamus on. It's also really good timing because you can see the film in the Lighthouse Cinema uh, on Friday, the 18th of August. So that's this Friday coming at 10.30. Tickets are available online. I've seen the trailer for it. It looks great, guys. I'm going to try my best to get along to it because it looks absolutely smashing. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk more about it on the podcast. So, do check that out. Out. Other than that guys, some really exciting news, our live show <clears throat> uh, at the Tivoli Theatre as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival, um, it's going to be incredible, we're paired with Jarlett Regan uh, on an Irish man abroad, he's going to be talking to Roddy Doyle, I'm going to be on before him, talking to the man himself, Jarlett, I'm so excited about it, tickets are on sale on Ticketmaster, as I said, that's September 22nd in the Tivoli Theatre, it's such a big deal for us and we would love to see you there. Guys, other than that, come check me out in The Rivals in Smock. Alley, we're on 7.30 uh, Tuesday to Sunday with matinees and Saturday and Sunday as well, it'd be great to see you down at that, but other than that, let's just get into the podcast So, here is Seamus Hanley playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore Seamus Hanley, you ready to play personality bingo with Tom Moran? I think so. All right. <laughs> yes. That's as sure an answer as, uh, as we could hope for. I'm already expressing my personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so much self-doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, uh, let me give you a quick explain of what's going to happen. So I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. We have 60 balls in here, and I have 60 questions on this sheet of paper. I've also given you five numbers. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pick a sixth. We're going to roll the machine. Do you roll machines? You do now. And whatever ball comes out, then we'll ask the corresponding Terminator, question. Terminator roll of the machines. Well, they do call me the Terminator. Do they? Um, oh, <laughs> the Tom Moran. Yeah, 100%. That's, I, that's not actually a short bridge from one to the other. That's your next movie. <laughs> that's what, Just that's saying. What, ooh, nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I have to cast you now. <laughs> I mean, you really do. I heard an awful story the other day about uh, a friend of mine who, this um, big screenplay that's being, uh, it was a play, it's being made into like a, you know, funded by the Irish Film Board, it's being shot right now. Nice. And this guy, the part in the play was like written about him and they were auditioning for the screenplay and it, in the play it's a, it's a two man show and they inhabit all the characters but because it's becoming a film they're actually casting like you know 20 actors rather than two lads playing 10 characters each Right. and uh, the right. guy was like to his agent like this character was literally based on me I need to get an audition he got an audition didn't get the part oh, that's, <laughs> that's so, literally like that's made so warped that's, that's, I think that's the thing I forget the name of the, there's some comedian who went through the same thing that there's, people wrote a sitcom outside of permission of him and wrote it based on his stand up yeah. but had to get him to audition to play himself and, and, and I, I forget who the comedian is, so it's it's so it's such little integrity to tell the story. But it was something, yeah. That that kind of thing is really it can happen where yeah. they it's, they take a piece of yourself, it's and then you have to beg for it. Yeah. That's weird. It's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, I don't know why that happened, but it did. So uh, yeah, so you have five numbers here. Uh, I'm gonna yes. ask you to would you do me a favor and read out the five numbers that uh, our random generator machine yes. called my brain has given you? I have uh, a two, a thirty, a forty nine. Uh, 11 and a 13. How do you feel about them numbers so I far? The th- I just noticed the 13. I'm not superstitious. Okay. But it is in my head. Yeah. And that is, well, that's what superstition is. It's just, you know, 
you know, I understand people not wanting a 13 because it's in their head and they just want to relax themselves. Mm. They don't necessarily think there are forces at work. Yes. So now that's in my head a little bit. So That's what we do. We want to get in your head, Shane. Let's see if it, if it's, uh, you're already there. Oh, Jesus. And um, now I have to write one I have to write one down? Yeah, yeah. So you pick uh, a number between 1 and 60 that's not already there. Cool. See, it's the obvious one. I think it came up because I listened to the episode. Mm. I listened to the episode with you and Marcus. Uh, mm. 42 yep. is the obvious one if you're familiar with the... It's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. But it's a bit too of an obvious one. I'm going to go with... 88. Oh, but it's between 1 and 60. Is it 1 and 60? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go with 88. No, I'm going (laughs) to go with, um, I guess I'll go with 28 because that's 88 minus 60. Yeah, that makes sense. That is inarguable. I had to give you a look like, that's I did good maths, yeah. right? <laughs> that was good maths. And I just trusted you. You seem like an intelligent person. <laughs> I, I, I know people say it all the time. It's it's a really bad first impression I make. People think I'm really smart. Um, but do you know them? Um, you know you have like um, uh, you know the way there's that voice like uh, like that 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 voice that I have a little bit of as well of like that mm-hmm. like slightly like Americany Irish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always associate that with intelligence. Really? Yes. That, that the, the, the the American Irish, yeah, not well, Irish American, but the uh, like born and bred in Ireland, but has an American accent. Yeah, because of the Simpsons. Then you think that's an intelligent thing? But it's just an I'll, association. I'll go, I'll go along with it because yeah. I get the, I get taxi drivers saying, "Oh, so we're in the states? Are you from?" And I'm like, "Rathmines." Uh, yeah. so. Is that where you're from? <laughs> that's where I'm from. Yeah, okay, I, okay, I think okay. it's I think it's a South Dublin thing. I yeah, think, I, I think, think so because you want to avoid the D four accent. Mm. I went because I went to a, a school with a lot of that. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, D4. Is Ranala D4? Is it still D6? Uh, I but, think it's D6. But it's not far. Yeah, but it's in that ballpark, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, speaking, right. of, speaking of balls. Yes, but exactly. Well, I was going to say, if the six balls come out with the six numbers that you have, that means that you get to turn the whole thing around and ask me a question. But I will add the caveat oh, that's never happened. okay. Yeah, okay. Jeez, um, yeah, because it was... Yeah, okay. We have got someone has got five out of six, but no one's got six. So you could be the first. Okay, who got the five? Uh, it was uh, India Mullen. Um, she's okay. an actress, actually. She's great. She's uh, on Red yeah. Rock, and so she's a smashing actress. Um, oh, wow, yeah. And it was a lovely episode. And yeah, she was became very close, but uh, no, no cigar, cigar, as the fella says. Not a sausage. Right. Uh, okay, so I'm going to put the 60 minutes on the clock, and away we go. Oh, my All right. God. Here fast. we go. It was oh. very fast. Uh, number 56. Do you have that one? No. Oh, what a terrible no, start. No. Okay, I got, I, and I chose twenty-eight, which is half of fifty-six. Yeah, I did good maths. You did good maths, but it could have been better. Uh, <laughs> um, it, oh, that's how it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. It 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 it's real, man. Okay. So the question is, it's a nice question to start with. What is the nicest thing that someone has said to you? Nicest thing that someone has said to me. Um, I can think of. It wasn't said directly to me, but it was said next to me. Someone said about me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that's the only thing I can think of right sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. Someone, I was really drunk, and someone said. Was introducing me to someone and said, "Oh man, man, look, look, look! Seamus is a solid dude. Seamus is a solid dude. And look, people meet him and they're like, oh, you know, what a weirdo! But he's actually Abraham Lincoln. And that's, the, I think, that's the nicest thing I've ever heard anyone say about me. And I weirdly know what he meant, like, because you've well. abolished uh, slavery. Um, <laughs> I think it's just because I'm tall and I, I have a certain weird confidence. I think that's yeah. yeah. But and yeah, I abolished slavery. And you kind of got a, like a longer face." Yeah, my sister-in-law, who will probably be listening to this, is adamant that I am just Abraham Lincoln. And that's separate to this other story of me being called Abraham Lincoln. So really? I, I know I can't shave this mustache. So if I shave this mustache, I've, those who are listening, I have a full beard. If I shave this mustache, I'm going to have a... It's either Lincoln or James Hetfield. I'll yeah. look like... Or Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, but uh, in the role. Yeah. I won't look like Daniel Plainview. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'd love to have that kind of tash. That is, that is, a, that is a, a, a nice thing to be said about you. Dude, d- yeah, d- wh- it was very sweet. Wait, what was the caveat that he said when you first meet him? Something He said people, yeah, people think, oh, he's such a weirdo. 
Do people uh, think that? I think people think that about me. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. I think people are kind of like, oh, okay, he's a bit, he's a bit strange. Because your weird Irish American accent. Uh, weird Irish American <laughs> accent. Um, I think because I'm tall and I don't feel it. I'm like six foot two, and, oh, yeah. I, and I don't feel. I feel like I'm. I don't know, five foot nine or something. I, I feel like I'm a five foot nine person in a six uh, six foot, any uh, in a, the body of a six foot two person. But <laughs> at the same time. Um, Anyone who's like of no height whatsoever doesn't give a shit. Like you know, it's like oh, tall people problems. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not really a, a, a. I wouldn't even count it as a complex. But honestly, I don't feel like a tall person, and I don't stand up straight. So and and is that do you think because like is that a thing of like you don't want to be like noticed or like out of the you know like because tall people you're gonna probably be attracted to them on a street because you're like oh that's just a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, countless big guys have been attracted to on the street. Um, yeah, I I think yeah I th- I th- I think. Th- Part of that is, I think, because uh, if you're tall and you don't feel it, then there is, I think people have a subconscious, like, you're tall, be, you know what I mean? You have something to be confident about. Be confident, and mm. you're not. So it's kind of like, fuck you, you know what I mean? And, but also, it's sort of like, now he's an easy target, but he's a big target. And there's, you know what I mean? There's, I think there's something there. I think there's some, people still subconsciously assume importance from a tall person. Mm. Um, I, 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 yeah, no, I, and, and then, but the fact that if you're tall, but you don't use it, it's kind of like, it is like, you know, you have a superpower, you could be saving people and you're not because you're afraid. Like, and, and I think, yeah, they think there's something there, but also I'm a super nerdy, like unimportant information rattler. Right. Like I'll just, just unload loads of information, usually about films. I'm a big IMDb geek. Mm. And, um, and I think that also just makes people go, oh, where are we going with this? And okay. also, I think I just have an odd sense of humor, as evidenced by the film I made. So, sure, sure, so sure. I think when people meet me, yes, I do think people think I'm weird. Ge- genuinely. I, and and I, it's said to me. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. But it was very nice to hear that, to hear, yeah, no, people will think he's a weirdo, but he's actually, there's actually something to him. And that was a very nice thing to say. I'll, I'll say who said I it. I was going to ask. Uh, it was Kieran Black of The Amazing Few. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like he's, he, he does, uh, he's, uh, runs gigs in Dublin and stuff. He's uh, a guy I used to work with, and he's, I, I can't remember if the band is together or not, which is really bad PR for them if they are. Yeah. They have a song that's in the film, actually, but they were, uh, they were like a 10-ish piece uh, ska band that I used to do videos for and stuff. And um, and uh, yeah, he just said that to me once uh, at a party. I think it was at his it was at his engagement party. Oh wow! Because he's a family man these days now. And, really? And yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. He's this like crazy um, Canadian American guy who then moved over here and and uh, is just is uh, makes up for Dublin's often lack of enthusiasm. He he ran he ran something called the King Kong Club, uh, which was an open mic night. Yeah. And this the slogan was the home of enthusiasm and. That, that was a great thing because he was just like I will just he had that side of him where he's just like I'm going to do a thing because I want to and because all the Irish people are like well I don't have that in me but you have a different accent so I won't shoot you down mm. let's do this yeah do you find that like because like um, so fuck it like right up the start let's just say it because yeah. we're alluding to it like you made a film called The Middle Finger yes and you've made it yourself uh, yeah well yeah uh, not With, completely by myself no of course but, but wrote and directed and starred in did the music edited it uh but you know, wasn't the cinematographer, wasn't the the crew, was no, only one course. member of cast. But yeah, but it's it's very very much my film in a, in a yeah. lot of ways. You it, you drove the making of it, and yeah. I mean, it's quite um uh, yeah. Again, for the sake of transparency, we don't know each other before today. I just no. made a, a web series like that by right. myself, um, called yeah. Fix Me, and like that, you know, didn't make it myself. I shot it with my little brother, who's like a very good um cinematographer and things like that. You know, sure, yeah, and had had a camera, and we did it with two iPhones, and that was it. And, nice, I love um, it, love that kind of stuff, yeah. And it was great, but it is like it's kind of very vulnerable do you find that to like um yeah although the truth is i've been at this for like 
10 years now. Okay. I, I started college 10 years ago. I get the feeling I'm a bit older than you. Uh, I'm 24? 24. I'm 29. Okay. So in the grand scheme of things, not that much of a no. difference. But in dog years, very much, yes. Yes, okay. But, um, <laughs> but, but I've been at this 10 years. This is actually the second feature film I've made. The first one was much more of a home movie, and I did so much more stuff by myself. Mm. So, and I make a lot of crazy videos that I act in and I show them at the Firehouse Film Contest which is a monthly thing in A4 Sands a lot of people who I met through that worked on this film mm. so there is a vulnerable thing but at the same time I've been at it for a while so I'm kind of now used to it so this experience making this movie there was two sides to it there was like the whole okay here we go but then also the side of like but this is what I do so mm. yes and no is kind of the answer to the question yeah. I, I've gotten used to it but there is always that's it's they, what they say you still always get stage fright when you you go out of course but at the same time you are used to the routine you feel more like i assume you're more on a conveyor belt it's like i didn't have to wheel myself out of bed but as i'm about to stand up on the stage i still get that bit of lightning or whatever yeah i assume and maybe maybe that's what i'm picking up on is that you had that nice community from those film festivals that you've kind of been able to draw people who you vibe with and make yeah. them together which yeah. is really cool yeah yeah it was great and those people i'd worked with before um uh, it was I co-produced with Constant Motion Pictures, so I worked with Victor McGowan, who I believe you know. I do, yeah. Yeah, he, he told me to bring that up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and yeah. also you know bring up Constant Motion Pictures, who helped me make this film. But yeah, yeah. yeah but it was it really was like uh, after ten years at the time, eight years of doing this uh, and and trying to get something going. It was fun, like bringing together all those contexts and people who genuinely wanted to work on the film because mm. we were all just fans of each other's stuff. So it was like I said, it was. Uh, I, I, I said earlier, I forget if it was before or after we started this, but I, I said uh, the, the experience, as an Irish person, the experience was disappointingly positive and supportive. You expected some drama or some derision. And yeah. no, it just came together and it just happened. And it's like, that, that's that's not possible. Like, you have nothing to begrudge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have nothing to begrudge, but I built, you know what I mean? It's, it's I built up all this energy to to be ready to go. That's great, man. Yeah, screw you, I'm the underdog. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just didn't happen. So, all right. So it's, it's been very positive. So yeah. Nice. I, I have to get used to that. It's for such something with such a vulgar sense symbol at the center of it yeah it's been a very positive experience yeah that's so it's true. an upbeat enough film though it's not it's not a bleak movie it's yeah a, you know, it's a good fun yeah. yeah 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 amazing all right let's let's spin again and let's yeah. see what happens oh my god all right okay oh my god uh let's see what you got we have number eight do you have that nope okay. i got 28 there's an eight i'm gonna keep <laughs> fixating on that's the number i picked again so yes it's half of what the last one was and then it's uh it's not div- 28 it's not divisible by 8 is it no no it's not uh, but it's got an 8 in it 28 so it does to answer your question no no <laughs> you may have learned it's good for podcasts but I'm not good at giving short answers to questions <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So you ask how are you and it's like well do you have 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> alright number 8 uh, question is uh, do you have any irrational fears irrational fears I I don't think I do I think I'm kind of a now that surprises me Really? I would have thought you had rational fears. I'm well, just projecting loads of stuff you, onto you. What you. Yeah, what would yeah, you Yeah, I think guess? you're smart and uh, rational. And yeah. <laughs> what, what would you... Heights? Um, I used to have a thing about heights, kind of. I, I don't know. I think... Well, uh, all right. I, I think... Sometimes I think that... Uh, and again, maybe this is a little bit of myself, like, projecting onto you, but like, uh, uh-huh. cre- like creative people. Um, it's very broad, but like, especially sometimes creative people with like a, a humorous tilt, I feel like socially can be like quite like anxious and... Stuff. I, d- I definitely have anxiety. Okay, Def- definitely. I it is a different thing. Sorry, that is a different. It thing. is a different thing. Yeah, no, but like you do create scenarios in your head. And is that irrational? Maybe that's the question. Yeah. Well, it's just that I guess it's because I couldn't give you one tangible thing. You know what I mean? I couldn't say because I I would when I hear irrational fear, I think like spiders or balloons or you know what I mean. Right. And those are real things or or uh, eggs or or uh, just adults or or things like that. Yeah. Um. 
like those are tangible things but i'm more like it's this kind of situation and this is going on and i'm worried about this and the other. there's nothing tangible there mm. you know what i mean so i think that's more of just an anxiety it's so uh and i'm not afraid of anxiety so so i would say no i don't have any irrational fears yeah but i i because I, I, I can't think of anything tangible it would be much more existential like, mm. you know what i mean like the death of consciousness and things like that you know what i mean just but yeah. it's like most people say that's not irrational at all like you know what I, mean? I guess yeah so so it's so i would i'd actually have to say a flat no uh wow. oddly enough i think i'm a f- fear fear itself kind of person um, right, and I'll get anxious about stuff, but I, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I feel pretty comfortable about that. It's, it's kind of yeah. nice because I know some people who have irrational fears, and you know, and an irrational fear, I think it's something you're very conscious of that you're aware that you will lose your mind if you go near this thing, mm-hmm. but you know that that loss or that derailment of your behavior is separate to who you are outside of it. That mm-hmm. this thing overwhelms you, and I, I, yeah, I don't have anything like that. And what about say. what about like uh, when you said like um, the death of consciousness? Do you mean like is in like death and like what happens afterward? Like yeah, that's yeah, as in like yeah, what, uh, basically just because I'm not afraid of death. Weirdly enough, that's not an invitation for you to kill me right now. Okay, but yeah, no, I just have an existential like the whole thing. <laughs> Thank you for putting the pen down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that was I, a visual I, gag I, for I, no one. Yeah. That can... <laughs> that's what I just say. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I um, not to go into it, but yeah, no, so as in like I'll find myself at, at three in the morning really just thinking about. Everyone does this, but you know, just think about cosmic meaningfulness, and if there's a such thing as pain, does that mean that happiness is redundant? You said not, everyone you know? does this. Yeah, I no. think everyone does. Really? No. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. No, I mean, well, but it's, but it's. I don't know. Is it philosophy one hundred and one? It's not academic philosophy. It's self yeah. philosophy. Do you have thoughts on it? Like, what do you think is like dead over or? Um. Yeah, I guess I. We must go. It must because they. You know, it's it's a very hard thing that they're now now pounding at the moment. Is that like? you know consciousness will just go and it's merely it's nothing infinite it's merely uh a window not even a window because that implies there's something on the other side mm-hmm. but it's merely a result of just the arrangement of certain um chemistry and you know i have embarrassed myself with my lack of articulation no, no, no. on this but i believe yeah it's it's so that's what they're really hammering home now within this age of expanding atheism mm. which is someone who's not an atheist i think it's a good thing that atheism is expanding it is an age of you know, growing out of uh, superstitions and, and sure. believing in mythology firsthand and things like that. Uh, but uh, they're hammering that home. I have a hard time swallowing that, but um, which you don't want to say because you feel like then someone will say, no, but it is, and you need to accept that, which I understand that, you know, whole thing of wanting to move past what might be a naive thought that, oh, no, I'll still be around afterwards and that kind of thing. Mm. But I guess I, I I like the idea that we must still stick around in some way. Like, you know what I mean? We we. Sorry, I'm really going somewhere with this. No, no. We die, we rot, we turn into the ground, but we're still kind of there. And what we think defines us, which is our consciousness, may disappear and it's relative and it's just, it's only a shape that comes from all these other things coming together. So therefore, the shape is sort of fake and just something that you see. But the fact that my fucking bones and shit will still be in the ground, I'm still technically around. Mm. And I may not be consciousness, but maybe consciousness is overrated. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I know, like yeah. it's it, it, it's such a like it's uh it's something like I nearly I don't have a question kind of about that on the podcast, but I kind of look. You <laughs> so said, like, I feel like I went too far. <laughs> no, no, no. I invite I invited. Do, do you you said you're not an atheist? Do, no, do you I believe in. I, which I almost didn't want to say, and then I realized I I uh, do my own podcast, and I've talked about that on it. So I'm not in not in deep detail. It's, again, that's a it's a nerdy film podcast, but sometimes we watch movies about ghosts and stuff. So I have to say my thoughts on the matter. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not I'm not an atheist. I would, for lack of a better word, I'm an agnostic. Right. Um, 
and and you know i get tired of the fundamentalist stuff as well but at the same time i get tired of comic book fanboys and sometimes i can't tell the difference between like yeah. a christian fundamentalist and someone who's like no it's a new kind of superman we've seen before it's okay for him to kill people and i'm like look it's a shit movie and it's like yeah but the original comic books have this that and the other and it's like it doesn't matter what the scriptures written by dc yeah. say it's sometimes i can't tell the difference between which i'm really saying something there but that's something i i yeah so so i i just i i think there's a kind of a I'm really not an expert on the matter. If you want to know, I, I if, what, look up a video, David Mitchell, agnostic, and everything he says. I'm like, yeah, just let's just go along with that. And he knows what he's talking about. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must look it up. Because I also try to avoid getting into like an argument with people. Because people will feel very strongly about this, of course. And I don't have proper things to back myself up to say. This is just my own personal opinion. Damn it, we went in the direction I tried to avoid, but I completely went head first into it. I tried to avoid something by going head first into it. That's not how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you think that, do you find like with them... Um, this is a deep podcast. It is now. Uh, oh, yeah. Do, do you find that... Uh, don't want to do a question about like ball sacks in a minute. Um, Sweet. There's no questions about ball sacks. Well, we can make one. Please uh, do. <laughs> I, w- I, I will have... Yeah, I got some stuff. You will have a ball sack. <laughs> yeah, I will have a ball sack by then. Do you find that because you hang out with <laughs> you said it? You find you hang out. I, I assume uh, like you know with the kind of people who like made this film. I assume it's a lot like you know um, kind of comedians and like creative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that there is a like uh, more like uh, I because I I would probably be in similar because like you know a cynicism because it's funny but like it's also like rooted in something. Do you f- right? It may, maybe how, I'm talking mean? specifically about like a, there's a more atheists in like those circles than the normal world. Um, Is that true? I don't know. I don't have the statistics, but yeah. it's obviously a growing thing. It's it's more of it's more the mainstream influence now. Mm. Um, like, do you feel in the in the minority when you would like be like, no, I'm not happy to say like there's definitely not a god. Well, um, no, because the conversation doesn't come up. Do not. Uh, no, uh, oddly enough, it's usually just the stuff around how, you know, the Catholic Church is bullshit and, um, you know, some, and something terrible again was done in the name of something old-fashioned, old but still a strong institution that probably shouldn't be as strong as it is. Mm. Um, and I agree with all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. it's just like... Uh, yeah, especially in this country, I, I just so happen to be wearing a Yes Equality t-shirt right now. It's just the one I grabbed when I got up this morning. But, you know, th- that's exactly it. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's more around that kind of stuff. It's, it's not really... It's a conversation you'd have when you were, like... 12 or 13 mm. but when you get older it's like no one wants to talk about that people want to get on with talking about the latest episode of Better Call Saul which is actually more important to your day to day life than yep. whether or not God exists sure <laughs> it yeah. actually is I know Bob Odenkirk is, exists uh, and, I, and he's doing me a favor because he's he's killing it in that show it's great and uh do you know what I mean? We'll all worry about God later and whatever he is, or sh- or she, yeah, or or they. Uh, it was yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I, I yeah, I, I kind of regret going in that direction. No, I right. jumped into the deep end. Yes, yeah, so no, let's move on. It's just yeah. interesting. It's just it is. Inter- it's very interesting, but it's it's sort of like I feel like if I say anything, it's nothing that's been said before, and um, and it's just. And also the fact that I don't want to sound like I'm challenging atheism. I think, it's, like I said, I think it's a good thing that it's spreading. And I agree with the credence around it. You know what I mean? That it's just the whole thing of, okay, can we please... There are these old-fashioned institutions, and they have some really very specifically fascist connotations to them. Just, you know, it's the tip, like I said, I'm wearing a Yes Equality t-shirt. And it's just, you know, textbook example, you know, Catholic Church, there's uh, homophobia. There's, I, I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble saying this when everyone knows this. There's, no. there's, there's homophobia, sexism, and um, protection of of um 
pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say uh, prostitutes, complete opposite. Yeah. But uh, the protection of, of pedophiles. Well, you know, Mary Magdalene. As in, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, uh, so, there, so it's, uh, yeah, so I'm not trying to challenge atheism when they're going against things that I'm very much against as well. No, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. So I don't want to, yeah, start the wrong fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. Well, let's have another spin. And yeah, and yeah. See where we go. Let's see if it is let's a bit ball sacks. Let's hope it's a holy number. 49. 49. I have a 49. You do have a 49. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank you, Jesus. You see, he... I just stole your pen so confidently to cross that out. That, I, was, that, I was so adamant to do that. See, yeah. if you said you were an atheist, that wouldn't have happened. That was that was God's reward for yeah. your on the fenceness. Yeah, no, it's it's that whole kind of like that low investment you make on a Kickstarter. You still get a T-shirt. Like you're not yeah. going to get the VIP ticket, but you yeah. still get something. You're yeah. not going to get six, but you haven't whitewashed either. No. no <laughs> uh, right, 49. Question is, what do you... Oh, we kind of... It's interesting. What do you think people's first impressions of you are? Um... What a what a handsome what a handsome devil with normal behavior, what a normal man. Um, oh, I, I think I think, yeah. I don't. I think it's different. I think I behave differently around different people. But I think uh, it's usually wow. This guy's really into the stuff he's into. Um, I think some people think I'm funny, mm-hmm. um, and but I, and then also think maybe just a bit weird. But and I I'd like to think it comes off that I'm at least trying to be nice, but. You know something that's like six different answers. I th- I think I actually don't know. I think the, it's the first every thing time. you said is really interesting to me. I think that like, what would be your because I know there's a, prest- a low level prestige around meeting me here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's certain sort of like a you don't you know what I mean? There's there's a smoothness to meeting someone for this kind of arrangement of a podcast mm. because like oh this guy's got a film and he's doing this that and the other and right. and you're also kind of technically at work right now but it's not the same as when you meet someone cold in a bar. And that's like the true test because you could easily not get along and you can still try to make a conversation and make it nice. You know what I mean? Uh, two genuinely nice people with nothing to talk about. Sure. So that's you know, a different thing. But what would what would you say uh, was your impression of me? Well, I was particularly struck by your first answer, which was really into the things that you're into. And I guess something along those lines, I mean, well, that's, I mean, okay, first impressions of meeting you was probably what I said earlier about um, like uh, kind of intelligent and self-analytical and uh, like slightly awkward. And, and and stuff like, yeah. but like very pleasant, very nice. You said like, oh, hopefully. thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in your outro, you can say, I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Just sell it. Um, in, yeah, thank you. That's uh, very nice. And in, but in, the, I, I also think that I, I'm really, I think the most attractive thing for me in like friends, in like uh, even romantically, anything like that, is someone who's like really into whatever they're into. Like just passion is like, the yeah, most attractive thing. Yeah, in people. It's something that um, I think that's changing now. Is it's? I remember when I was a kid, like being passionate about something was stupid. Yeah. Unless it was like sports or or something everyone else knew about, but being passionate in your own thing was was thought of as like stupid. That probably still happens with kids. It's probably. just only natural. But now, even if someone's, I'm the amount of people I meet who are know nothing about the stuff I'm into, but are attracted to the passion I have for it. Mm-hmm. They're just sort of like, I like that you're into that. Yeah, please stop talking about it. But I like that you're into it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but like you know, you know that question. You ever watch Inside the Actors Studio? Yeah, and you know James Lipton's always like, "What's your least favorite word?" And like you know, sometimes you're yeah. playing along yourself. And like, what's my least favorite word? And like, mine is 100% cynicism. Cynicism. Yeah. I hate, and maybe that's why I was drawn to ask you that question about like, yeah, you know, um, hanging around because I I feel like with, with my friends, there's certain friends that I feel like I've not made an effort to cut out of my life, but like just like I have to just like modify how I see them and how I hang out with them because like. I find cynicism very um, 
like overwhelming and I uh, yeah and I'm not a cynical I'm the opposite I'm a very like positive person yeah really so um, I don't like the word cynical but I like the word cynical because I would say like Charlie Brooker is cynical and it's almost like in the same league as sarcastic sure so it's so there's there's that I but I get what you mean I know well. and I get what you mean so what's the difference so maybe it's that like I find that some of my friends will approach something with it they have an air of cynicism about them rather than taking a cynical view of something does that make sense like the, the cynicism washes over everything they do whereas some like, it's like I, cynicism with no basis kind of because yeah. like there's there's definitely a thing like I feel like uh, a cynical approach approach is fine but i also feel like maybe that needs to be earned i don't know is that a good place maybe it is i mean in the world yeah. of like fake news and and and, and trump and and I, I mean all the cliche things you could just go for straight away like yeah. you should for sure like so i guess i always think of maybe which is this is in the same kind of direction but i always think is i don't trust people who who go for the easy answer of something mm. You know what I mean? Like who who go for well? You know the world is fucked. I don't like I don't like people. No, I I know people who say this. I, mm. I don't like saying that myself. I don't like being a person who's like, well, you know, that's the world and the world is fucked. And it's like that's too easy. It's right. like, but it's also like saying, well, you know, um, there were two of every animal on a boat, and that's why we're all here, as opposed to Darwinism, which is complicated and, mm-hmm. and bizarre, but actually more fantastic and interesting as a result. Mm. Uh, so, but I think even people can. Yeah, like like that, where people say like, "Oh, Donald Trump is evil," and you know, by all means, criticize Donald Trump. Uh, there's so many things he gives us something new every fucking hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from from Kofefe to non non authorized banning of transgender people in the army. That was just a thing he just said. He didn't sign anything. Like you know, it's he just so. There's so many things to criticize him on. But um, when people just say he's evil. It's an easy answer. Mm-hmm. It's a too simple. It's like it's actually very, I think, very complicated and, and an intrinsic flaw in society as to how he became president. Mm. Um, and people go, "Oh no, he's evil, and the world is fucked." And that's also just an easy answer on a liberal side of things. So I back to trying to bring it back to what you were saying. So when people want to look at things simply, they don't want to do the effort, mm-hmm. and that implies a lack of passion. Because I, I mean, you must have actually. I assume you came across. You're an, an actor, mm-hmm. so you must have experienced naysaying like why are you doing that because i i uh because it's still easy to have like a view that it's not a, a real endeavor because because pe- it's such a mental emotional exercise people don't see the, the swan's legs working you know what i mean yeah for any good actor because it could just be like well you just read what was written down and you said it to me yeah i can do that and it's yeah and it's not that at all definitely no it's not and i think but like that, you know, I think you need to, I think for everything that you do, and I'm sure you, like, I feel the same if you do a podcast and, you you know, making these films and um, all the other things that I'm sure you're doing, it's like, I feel like, uh, or, or for me, I'll speak about myself, I, I, I think that there's a, there's a, there's a feeling that, like, I make a lot of the things I make with, like, um, and yeah. it's all, like, I, I know she's a quite a polarizing figure, um, but I, I, and people find her uncomfortable and insufferable and self-righteous, but I quite like Lena Dunham. I I love the Dunham. I I I'll admit people say things like oh but she said this that and the other and I don't I haven't read up on that. Me too. Not a lot of it, but I I love the show Girls. I, I love Girls great. too. Oh, yeah, you finished it. You finished? Yeah. Oh, so good. It's I, so what good. A, what a great ending. It's what a great, it's yeah. like an incredible show. I think she's yeah. doing incredible stuff for like body image and screen and yeah all this stuff. And I but I also like- I I now can name one more female director because this is a conversation that comes up a lot now which is a good thing mm. and I was having this conversation recently and uh, like of how like you know name all your favorite female directors and you really have to think about it but you yeah. can name tons of male directors like even ones that you kind of like yeah. but I'm just like Catherine Bigelow Lena Dunham I won't say Sophia Coppola because I'm not a fan and then but then 
I feel, and then I'll feel bad for that. But yeah, yes. so she also she's a she's a great director. She she's a, and an excellent writer. So one hundred percent. The amount of like directors that we male directors that we celebrate that I would happily celebrate that we don't know are dicks. Yeah, and yet they get a pass and Lena Dunham doesn't. Yeah, it, it's so funny. For, like pro- pro- probably being a bit of a belligerent person. Like probably, perhaps. but she has this great thing that she says, and it, it's that. Uh, and I really, I, I, and it, again, it. Yeah, I, I just I, maybe it sounds pretentious, but fuck it. Like she's trying, you know, and like uh, she has this great quote where she's like, "I, I, the reason I make the things I make is because I want to. I want, I wanted to make stuff that made people feel less alone than I did." And I thought that yeah. was a, a really gorgeous totally. thing. And I, I think com- I completely. Make... I was talking about this on on not to plug it again, but I was talking about this on my podcast last night. The exact same thing kind of came up. Yeah, because we watched a particular. We watched. It's, I have a podcast called the Eighth Dimension Podcast, and we talk about. And I do it with my friend uh, Patrick Thompson, and we talk about odd movies, just movies no one really knows. Mm. And we did one which was a specific, very recent one, particularly artsy and very much just a person doing what they wanted. And we really got into like why that's important, why like you can reach a person and feel you have something in common with them. Mm. And so that's yeah, and that's totally the. The um the point I hate to say this but the point of art you know that's yeah. the point of it it's not to be good because there's no such thing as good art uh the the um so you know what I mean so yeah I completely completely relate to that uh, yeah that and you... yeah I don't know there was just there was just something really too and I was kind of like yeah like yeah fuck it that like there's a lot to be said for that because yes you're right it is I suppose like acting as a career choice it is easy to because like sometimes I have like actor friends and uh, they'll say things like oh yeah sometimes I just feel so bad because we're not like saving lives first of all I'm like I don't think you actually think about that at all I think you say that because you (laughs) think you should say that and I'm also like yeah but everyone has their function like you know on on the world I I like uh, I was talking this today as well. I, I am going to see Glenn Hansard on Monday. Nice. I'm a massive Glenn Hansard fan, and I, cool. I didn't buy tickets at the time, and they were sold out. But I, I found them online and bought them off this fireman uh, named Bob who works in Pierce Street. Fireman Bob. And he was like, and he was such a fireman, and he was an absolute <laughs> gent. I like such a wanted to be mates with him. He was so <laughs> kind and bald and like big and just he was such a fireman did he start a fire in you as opposed to he, he really did and yeah. I can't extinguish and, and his, it and which the problem is that's he's that jo- yeah it's up to him to put that out yeah <laughs> and it just sounds like we're leading towards anal sex now but yeah. anyway whoa we um, jumped from one to ten there but I'm okay did, with that we did we did but uh, he's a fireman and has a, has a ladder that is capable of doing such leaps um, but anyway we, we uh, slide down the pole I don't even know what I'm saying uh, you got the Glenn Hanser ticket off of him Glenn and you're talking about Lena Dunham and uh, connecting with people I think I just wanted to tell you I was going to see Glenn Hansard. Uh, no, why, cool. why did I bring this up? I don't know, but uh, they're two people that I like. Uh, sometimes I find it embarrassing when I like music. I'm like, why do I love Glenn Hansard's music? Like, I knew you were a little, yeah, I think there, there's sort of like, because uh, he's kind of like, he's a bit of a Bono. And I lo- I, I, I'm not a Bono basher at all. I'm not a Bono basher. I, I get the whole tax dodging thing, but yeah. at the same time, it's that whole thing of uh, kind of like the Lena Dunham thing where it's like, well, you're focusing on this one thing and there are other people who do worse things and you give them a pass because you're more into their stuff. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you two, I mean, they, they probably haven't done anything hugely original in the past couple of years, but that's, that's okay. And the guy is also a huge, uh, I love uh, Henry Rollins mm. was asked about Bono and he said, uh, what do you think of U2? And he hates U2. He right. hates U2 as a band. But I remember once in an interview, he was like, what do you think of U2? And he says, before I, 
my Henry Rollins impression. Was like, before I say what I say about them, I just want to say I have the utmost respect for Bono's philanthropy and charity. I think he, you know, I really respect that. That said, I think I don't know why everyone makes a big deal about these middle-aged dudes making really bland rock and roll albums. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, but fair enough that he's just like, look, the guy does charity. Like, what the fuck have you done? You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of charity, not you personally, but yeah. Mm. But it's and that's why I love the South Park episode where they're like, how can he do all these great things and still come off like a big piece of shit? It's so weird. Like, and people. <laughs> but I love that they acknowledge that he does. Yeah. Do this charity and stuff like yeah but like it, it's so weird people like and i don't know is it irish i think it is more like I think there's an irish thing to it definitely like, same with like uh, people find uh people find like coldplay quite offensive and it's like sure yeah yeah, it's yeah. like wh- why you know the way like when because I, I again like i like these weird like sensitive men with like yeah music. but you yeah but, but I, I guess it must be tough for you because you genuinely like these bands and then you're afraid to say so I, I think I know what yeah, you mean and I try I, not to I be because like I'm like but like why they're so inoffensive and like I pop on the old Lod Limp Bizkit track I did it on the way here I've, uh, right. I'm a big fan of break stuff by Limp Bizkit it's not really the kind of thing you can put on in front of your friends like uh, without feeling like you're doing it ironically yeah you know what I mean that said like who, it's not like it's not like jazz or atmospheric stuff you don't put on Limp Bizkit with your friends like continue we'll drink some more wine while Nookie is playing but at the same time there is our like I'll listen to an early Sum 41 album and I'll feel like a little bit like I have to be sarcastic or like it's like oh I'm just it's just appeasing some leftover naive when you should just enjoy it yeah like Dave Grohl said that like there's no such thing as guilty pleasures you like something or you don't like stop apologizing for the things you like yes and you said earlier because you're saying you know people say we're not saving lives uh, I completely like believe in that credo. You know what I mean? We're I hate the word, hate saying the word, but artists. But we, you know what I mean? We make we do creative things. Um, you know, so we're not saving lives. But I always think, yeah. So stop panicking. Stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it. You know whether or not you know, like some forty one isn't going to make a guy's heart stop. Mm-hmm. You know I mean whether or not it's all objective in medicine. You know what I mean? You have, you you someone's life isn't. You know you are saving lives, so you need to get it right. But here it's like you no, know, it's your own emotional thing. It's more fluid. So we're not saving lives. So calm the fuck down. You know yeah. that's what that's what I always that's. So I go about a credo, but with a completely different. For a completely different reason. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because yeah. sometimes it's hard. You can get like wrapped up in your own bubble, and you forget that. You know, like yeah, yeah. It it's true. Um. Cool. All right, we go for another spin. Yeah, we go for another spin. We're getting. I'm starting to think you're stalling them just so. <laughs> yeah, just to make you. Fail. I gotta say, I, I I feel like I got you to. I asked you. I got you to answer a question earlier. You did without getting. Yeah, yeah no, I we'll have the chat. I Malcolm Tuckered your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you got ball number nine. Do you have that? Ball number nine. Nope. You had an eight. Nope. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, eight. eight. The uh, friend of nine. The Baldrick to nine's Blackadder. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, what was it nine? Um. Oh yeah, in your industry, who is a person you would love to work with? Who's a person I'd love to work? Ooh, Jesus! Um, like shoot for the stars here, if you want. Or shoot for the stars. Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking of I can't. I'm, I'm. I, this is I. I have that whole thing where it's like, like, what are your top five, f- top five these kind of films? And I forget every movie I've ever seen. So, but I, I, the only person, and I'll just say what pops to my mind. But it's a, a person who's no longer with us anymore. But uh, I was recent, just because I recently talked about this. I always would have loved to have cast uh, Bob Hoskins. And something because he was someone I, I forget was a hero when I was a kid because mm. I love uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's also he's still kind of underrated. It's yeah. sad that he's gone now because he was a terrific actor. He had a, especially in something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's like a role not many actors could do. I, I, I assume you've seen it or no? Or, oh man, no. So here's the age difference. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but, but you, you know what though? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. Oh my god! No, I don't. What? No. Oh my god! I know nothing. I'm about gonna it. make a big. I'm gonna make a big deal about this. Who? Fr- you, you, I'll describe it, and you'll probably start going. Oh, I think I've heard of that. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a 
fantastic movie. It's by Robert Zemeckis. Came out in the early nineties. Same guy who directed Back to the Future. Okay. And I think he did it in between Back to the Future. No, no, he wouldn't have done it in between two and three because they were done at the same time. It's the IMDb nerd stuff. But it definitely was before. It was somewhere in the middle of the Back to the Future movies. It's set in I want to say the thirties. I think it's pre World War Two. I'm not. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's. But it's like it's set early twentieth century in, in Los Angeles. And he plays Eddie Valiant, Bob Hoskins. And you know Bob Hoskins? Do you know that? Yeah, actor? yeah, yeah, I do yeah. Bob Hoskins, yeah. Yeah, Smee from Hook. Is, yes. is the, yeah, yeah, and um, another great performance. Um, but he, um, uh, he, he plays Eddie Valiant, and he's a uh, washed-up alcoholic private eye who... Uh, but it's what I should emphasize. It's set in an uh, alternate version of L.A. where cartoon characters are real people. And it's also like considered the best movie in terms of a technical aspect of having cartoon characters interact with live action people. Okay. But it's a murder mystery where and Roger Rabbit, who's sort of this this original character who's like a mix between Bugs Bunny and and Mickey Mouse, who cameo in the movie as well. And it's like the only time that's ever happened that you've mm. had Walt Di- uh, Walt Disney characters and Warner Brothers Looney Tunes in the same film. So it's it's sort of like a you know what I mean. Before you had like Wreck It Ralph or Ready Player One, which is coming out. This is an early one where you had all these actual characters but they exist in this world where they go into studios and record cartoons like their movies right right and it's it's just a fantastic film but the whole thing is that uh bob they're they act like cartoon characters they're really goofy and it's almost like a world where it's they're like creative people so they're annoying and strange but also like charismatic and, mm. and it's sort of he's just hardened by the whole thing you find out early on in the movie that he had a uh, brother who died uh and so that's why he is the way he is okay now. and uh and so, oh, where was I going with this? Um, yeah, it's but uh, so Bob Hoskins is when I always thought of. Where mm. I was just kind of like, and it's and it's also kind of low key. It's kind of accessible. He was from England, so it's not that far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's I don't know. It's the person I just think of now. There's lots of other people, I, but that I can't think of any of them because yeah, there's so many. The them. But he's someone I just thought of because, and also. Um, I'm, I've said this before publicly, so I just need to. The, 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 I'm already out of the closet on this, but my favorite movie of all time is Super Mario Brothers, which is not a well thought of movie at all. And he played Mario. Ah, I don't know if you're familiar with that. One. There's no. a live action movie of Super Mario Brothers. Wow! And it it's, was heavily criticized for being nothing like the game, which which it is. But I, I love it because it's a super weird movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and he was Mario. So that's he was a hero to me because he was Eddie Valiant, which I loved that film. And the whole thing of his performance, he plays that totally straight. He mm. plays it like a guy. He never plays it. Does a goof performance, and you completely believe all these cartoon characters are there because he had to mime it. They didn't have. You know, guys in green suits and stuff at that time, mm. and it's still like uh, better than most movies that do that today. Wow. So and he played it totally straight. It's a fantastic performance, but also because he's he's Mario. Even though he he went on to say that that was the biggest regret he ever <laughs> of his life was making Super Mario Brothers really? movie. I don't care. I love it, that film. It's so funny. I wonder if he knew how much you liked it, would he still consider it the biggest regret? You know what I mean? Depends he, on what I mean to him. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like, imagine <laughs> if something you did was like meant that much to someone ever. You know, that'd be amazing. Like, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure, I'm, he seemed like he was a a nice person. Yeah. So I'm sure he'd be appreciative of that without compromising his personal feelings of like the horrible production of that film it was meant sure. to be just a horrible production okay, like, okay. it was yeah. that he had a horrible time on set yeah yeah. yeah. so okay, I, you yeah. know I, I at the same time as a fan i'm not entitled to take those feelings those bad memories away from him you know what i mean mm-hmm. that, that to, to, to tell him well you know your feelings the horrible time you had doesn't matter because i had a good time you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. and i hate fan entitlement like, no, I know, so I, know. I respect that as well but like um but yeah, he's and apparently just the stories about that production of that film where apparently he was just really fucking professional and supportive it amidst a disastrous yes. film set. Which so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Bob Hoskins I is 
weirdly, yeah, my choice. It's a bit of a surprise for me. I like that answer. I, I yeah. learned stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a little time check. Check out. Oh, Jesus, I'm from rattling on. No, go t- tell me to check out. Check out Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay, yeah, so I will. Seriously, check that film. It's fantastic. All right, deal. Deal. We're a little over halfway, so we're flying. Okay. You're okay. doing all right. You've got one at this I point. I got one, and I got you to answer questions. So yeah, yeah you're, you're happy. That's all you wanted. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see who we have here. We have number 57. Do you have that? Nope. Okay, number 57. One away from 56. Question is, if you could give 12-year-old you advice, what would you say? Um, I would quote Helen Mirren. Uh, it's easier said than done, but I quote Helen Mirren said was, uh, I assume she said this because you can't trust meme quotes on the internet, but still a good word saying either way. Yeah. It's a good phrase. But you know, the one is like, if I could go back and change anything, I'd tell people to fuck off more often. And I'd, I'd say the same thing. Just, you know, just to have a bit more personal... Uh, integrity or just a little more personal strength to keep doing it anyway it's the amount of times I kind of stopped on something because I was like well no one believes in it and I think that's it's you know I mean, you can't it's not just a conscious decision to go oh but you're wrong you should do it anyway but yeah if I could go back and just like no man you're doing fine just you know keep at it keep doing your thing Like, and you stopped at things because people well you lose motivation or you lose yeah cause, because you're kind of on your own doing it just doing weird stuff there's a long period of my life of, of that where I felt more on my own and there are people who still liked it but I, you didn't feel part of a community yes and yeah. so which again it's, it's, a, it's a chemical thing I think it's a you know what I mean that's because people aren't around you, you can't do it you can literally sit and watch yourself not being able to do it and knowing that you know what I mean do a thing mm-hmm. but if I could go back and say it maybe it would make some difference to say you know just keep at it, man. You're doing fine. Like, yeah. And uh, have you ever told someone to fuck off? Have you gotten better at it? Uh, the only time I could, the one that's coming to mind. Uh, yeah, I did shout it at someone. I'm not a shouting person, but to be fair, they were trying to steal my money. So, oh shit. Yeah. So you told them to fuck off. Uh, yeah, I, I screamed really loudly while being punched in the face quite a lot. That mm. was geez, when I was when I was 18. I, this, and this is, again, I'm just going the thing that came, first came yeah, to yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, please. But I'm kind of proud of myself that while I was delirious, I was punch drunk, completely punch drunk. I remember like five minutes later going, I barely remember what just happened because I was being continuously punched in the head the entire time. But I remember I screamed fuck off really loudly, and I think I'm actually really proud of that. And I also stayed standing the entire time. Oh, <laughs> tell me the story. Where were you? I was you? walking along. Belgrave Square at like one in the morning, which was just wasn't smart. But I was at Parnell Street, and I thought, well, if anything was going to happen, it was going to happen over there. And then I'm at Belgrave Square heading home, and and then I still get nervous when I hear people coming up from behind me because just a, a little bit before it happened, I remember hearing fucking really hard running behind me, and then sorry for visual, I'm, I got punched in the back of the head. Like so, yeah. Jesus. So on instinct, I shouted it really loudly. So. Yeah, actually, you know something? If I could go back, I'd say, you know what? You know what, 12-year-old Seamus, when you're 18, you're going to go see the movie. Uh, you're going to go see the movie Grudge 2. Uh, maybe don't go see that because you haven't seen, you won't have seen the first Grudge by then. I'm willing to wager you still won't have seen it. It's not that good. And when you're heading home, you're going to get beaten up. And you won't have taxi money at that age. So just don't, just don't go out that night because <laughs> it was a mistake. And did they get, did, did they get the money? No, nah, I got away. Really? I got away, yeah. But then I couldn't leave the house for 24 hours. I was just too nervous. Of course, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a weird one, yeah. That yeah. was a really weird Sorry day. Sorry to happen. I always feel like that, like that's mm. not happening. I'm very lucky. But I always feel like if that did, that would really affect me. I feel like I get it did, really yeah, nervous. It did actually affect me. It's still something like, because it's the only time something like that has happened, really. Uh, like you have, everyone's had their weird encounters and stuff, but that was one where it was a full-on assault. That's never happened to me. And was since. it a few guys or just one guy? I think it was three guys. And were they like your age, do you think? Or? I have no idea. I would guess they were about two or three years younger than me, but I actually yeah. have no idea. Uh, and one of them grabbed my arm. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't even describe them to you. And, yeah. and I couldn't have described them to you at the time. Yeah. But I remember one of them grabbed me. They kept punching me in the face, punching me in the face, and I kept hearing them shouting, give us your fucking money, give us your fucking money. And 
in retrospect, I'm like, I was more likely to give them my money if I wasn't being punched in the head. Yeah, sure. Like sure. if you know, if you just someone by the shoulders and say, "Give me your money," then you're in a position to think, and you can go, "Well, okay, well, here's one way I can get out of this." Yeah. And I and I can make the compromise. I'll have I'll replenish that cash I'll, over time. I won't be able to buy stuff for the next week or two. That yeah. sucks, but at least, I, but at the same time, my immediate fear right now is getting punched in the face. Exactly. Whereas they just went straight to it, and then you got punched in the face. Like, oh, yeah, but you can't <laughs> you can't make you can't make a like financial decision where you're being punched in the face. Yeah. When didn't. you're being grabbed by the neck, yeah, you can make a financial decision. Like, but when you're being punched in the face, like your instinct is to run away. It's like go away. I don't like this. Sure. Yeah. So I've I hope they've improved their strategy. Yeah, yeah. Or at least grown out of mugging whoever they are. Fingers crossed. Probably listening to this. Probably. Big yeah. fans. Big fans. Because I ran away and they were like, oh shit, did you realise who that was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely happened. Yeah. <laughs> and moments later, there was just a big middle finger chasing them down the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, the but I was just, I'd just kind of be more confident. I'd say much. I was just like, just <clears throat> uh, stop worrying. Stop yeah. worrying. Like, you know. It's weird that the last couple of days, twice, in the last two days, uh, on two different occasions, two young children, like, you know, I'd say between like the ages of like 10 and 12 have like, <laughs> like, um, targeted me uh, for oh, these really? like done just like weird like weird kid things like just come up to me and like just go like what are you looking at and and you just yeah. find yourself engaged in this thing with a child you're like there is no correct way for me to handle this yeah like you, you kind of have to learn to be rude to kids it was weird and I did I just kind of stood there and was like emasculated by these two children yeah. I was like what am I doing these yeah. are like if I just said anything to them surely they'd shit themselves but apparently not I didn't say anything but I just kind of like I was on the phone to my dad and this kid just came up and I was like dad I have to go and she was just like shouting stuff at me and I was kind of like yeah. I don't know like what to do I can't shout back at you but I also can't reason with you like what, what how do I handle this yeah this, yeah the same week I got attacked. I was sitting in Central Bank again, just a mistake. And a kid tried to take my phone. It was in broad daylight. I think, yeah, I think I handled it fine because I was just like, people around here, they can see what you're doing. But I also felt like I was shaking afterwards. But I remember as soon as his hand went for my phone in my pocket, I moved my hand and he kind of recoiled. So he has a fear. You have to remember they have a fear as well. They're, yeah, just, sure. they're just as nervous. But uh, that's not the only thing that's going to fix the situation. Knowing that, but yeah, but it's that weird thing. Yeah, the way, but. There's something because they're younger. You feel there's a, there is they have a certain power over mm. you because they're they're kids. They're you know you I mean you can't treat them like adults because you could scream at them to get them to fuck off. But then you're also kind of a bad person because you just screamed at some kids who are technically innocent. They don't know. They don't realize what they're doing. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, let's go for a little spin. Sure. Uh, okay. Here we go. Number one. Do you have that? No, I got eleven. Oh, so. two ones. Which yeah. is which is. One times two, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think that's I've, it. Right? I passed maths. I think that's how maths goes. Uh, okay, uh, this is. I'm excited to ask you this question because it kind of came up so briefly. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no, no. Short answer, no. You like horror films? Uh, yeah, I do like horror movies. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I, I'm, I'm not a horror movie connoisseur. Mm. Like, I wouldn't watch all of the Elm Street movies, but I don't know. Can you blame me? But I, but there are certain like horror movies I really love because uh, my, my co-host in my podcast, Patrick Thompson, he's more of the horror expert. But I, but I am a fan of like the, the couple of horror movies that I'm a big fan of. Like, so have you uh, ever had anything that made you question whether ghosts are real? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, and I like spiritual stuff. Right. But just the idea of like something that you will scientifically find in a house. Just I and I, but at the same time, I I I don't you know people who do that they they are expressing something and and I wouldn't mind being proven wrong. What was the thing that I happened think I to may, you? I think maybe I five or ten percent believe in ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, again, I don't like to just shut out the feeling. Right. So, but at the same time, it's like I don't think I'm likely to ever see one, or I don't, or I'm not like 
oh, there might be, like, we're at a haunted house, and I, I wouldn't be consciously going, oh, there might be one in there. I believe in that kind of thing. See, I wouldn't be, you know what I mean, making decisions around it. I'd just be like, oh, yeah, they're 90%, 80% sure there isn't one in there. You know what I mean? Yes, okay. And, and did you say that there was something that made you question your... Yeah, I just remember, well, when you're a kid and, and certain family members tell you stories about stuff they'd seen Could at you that age, you still me? believe it. Um, I don't want to say specifics just because I don't sure. know if I have permission to tell the story, but okay, it cool. was... A family member, I, they could easily just be like, oh, I wouldn't have minded, but I just don't feel comfortable because no, I didn't I prepare you. this at all. But um, yeah. they, as in they saw someone like moments before they, they died or something coming into the house and talking to them and saying goodbye and then leaving. But I think they also later in life, I think they later in life said like, you know, something now that I think about it and now that I've, you know what I mean, we're in this more ex- atheistic community. Uh, may, maybe I think I'm, I'm, I might be making that up or I might have thought mm. I saw something and then changed the memory and stuff like that at a part. But I have to admit, a part of me is kind of like, are you just saying that now because you're afraid to admit that you saw something? Yeah. You know what I mean? But so, yeah. So I'd say the short answer is no, mm. because you know what I mean? Um you know it's 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 it is i don't like to say it's nonsense it definitely comes from an emotional place and i believe you know that's you know like i said i think at the very beginning superstitions exist uh to appease a mental health sure so sometimes you have to humor that idea but at the same time you can't look at it you have to can't treat it like it's a scientific foundation so but the short answer is no and are you superstitious um a little yeah a little but again it's just more just to appease the anxiety like i might as well throw that salt over my shoulder because yeah, fuck it. Then it'll be off my mind. You know? Right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. But yeah, but at the same time, and like, actually, yeah, I, I was talking about the number 13. Mm. So that stuff will be in my head, and I believe that we collectively believe those things because it does reflect something in us. Mm. So I don't like the whole, it's stupid, don't do that. I mean, to a, at the same time, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really change things, or it's not, there aren't actually like, ghosts aren't like a species that exist and you know flow out of us when we die and, and exist like animals you know yeah. I mean? that that doesn't but at the same time i think this it's worth keeping your mind on it because it's more like a habit or a culture or a tradition that has some there's a reason why you know it gives us some sort of peace and that it's good to remember that or something so but yeah in short the short answer is no but i don't shut that stuff out entirely you know right back I, to the whole agnostic thing you know yeah 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 for sure like i am like you know when you know that thing like it's so common everyone has this i think but when when you know like if you haven't say seen someone in ages and they just pop into your head and then like you hadn't talked about them in years and they pop in yeah. your head and then you see them like that day or you know when weird things like that happen yeah or you're thinking of someone and they text you you know what what What's that to you? Is that just coincidence? Well, I know like the scientific answer, which I would get annoyed by. I, I hate that I'm saying it now, but it's like, you know, confirmation bias. You only remember the times. It was, this, it was something when I was a kid, we talked about the, the Simpsons phenomenon, that any time you talked about a ep- specific episode of The Simpsons, when it was on every night on Sky, and I'm a massive Simpsons fan, who isn't? Yeah. At the good old days of The Simpsons. But, um, you know, that happened a lot when I was in primary school. We'd talk about an episode, and then it would be on that week, like two days later, or even that night. And then when you get older, you realize, no, the thing is, you talk about The Simpsons every day, and then you just remember the times that one was on. You don't remember all these other ones you had, and that's you know confirmation bias. That said, yeah, when you're thinking of someone, and then you bump into them, I think you, I think you can choose a destiny. If you want that to mean something, mm. it can, because if you're thinking about them, uh, they're on your mind, that means something, for whatever reason. A friend, mm-hmm. maybe you haven't um, resolved something minor with them or you don't have to resolve anything but you want to talk to them to know that they don't think about this thing you might think about like something you might have wronged them in some some small way or something like that I know so I think if you want it to mean something then it can and if you want to call that destiny that's that's up to you but the idea that someone is it's like the adjustment bureau 
and they're actually people with hats making this happen. Right, right, right. Almost definitely not. But if, yeah, but you're allowed to. You know, if not, if you want that to mean something, then you can, and that's there's a freedom in that. That's yes. like you know what I mean. And if you want to call it destiny, you can, because you, you choose your own destiny. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So I think there's something there's something to that. But I also actually do think there's a collective subconscious thing of like, you know, what I mean, you were thinking of them, and maybe you knew that there was some sort of chance you'd see them around, and maybe you walked from one street to the other, or you waited two minutes because some part of your mind knew that it increased the likelihood of seeing them. Okay. You know what I mean? In real, I say, you know, walk from one street to another. That's a very specific, tangible decision. But I think there is something to, you know, you subconsciously... It's like that whole Tony Robbins thing, that if you write something down, a goal, you know what I mean? Your mind will then start making tiny decisions that slowly leans your your schedule towards accomplishing that. So if you make it tangible, you will... It's, and it feels like destiny. Like, it feels like outer forces you know mm. anthony mackie with a fedora specifically brainwashing you to go in that place but i think there is a truth to that it's but it's something we're more in control of you know and, and do you practice that kind of thing of like writing down goals or having mantras or like affirmations or any of that kind of stuff um no no like as in i just write to-do lists and i think i gotta get onto this i gotta get onto that um but i would yeah I, I don't wouldn't say i have like a mantra or or like a i like i like good luck charms but i don't you know, if it's gone, I'm not gonna lose my mind, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's just little things like, well, we did this last time, let's do it this time, because you know, then I. But it's more because I don't have to think about it. Just right down to things like how you how you load a film onto a hard drive and stuff like that. So, sure. but I don't think it's like, you know, what I mean, it's it's there's I think there's so there's a truth to it, and it makes it, you have to make sense of things, ritual stuff. I'm being incredibly vague, but mm. um, no, no, no. But I think yeah. So I think that, see, I just don't like to shut out superstition but it's more just things that make to make you feel comfortable and then that comfort does affect your performance got you yeah yeah nice man right, cool, let's go definitely with acting it's i'm sure it's with because i i'm not a stage actor but right. i but right down to things like uh you know what i mean the whole the whole scottish play thing yes is 100 percent made up by one person it goes back i, I can't remember what, what point but it's something i remember it was in qi it's one person but at the same time because everyone's thinking this and if you say the word Macbeth backstage, it will affect everyone. Mm-hmm. So there's still a, you still have to respect it. Because yeah. you're kind of a jerk if you say, ah, fuck you all, Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. And you can be full of... Uh, is it making you uncomfortable? I'm going here? to do a matinee. I'd have yeah. to. <laughs> of, of Macbeth. Are you performing in it? Yeah, yeah. Of Macbeth? No, of uh, okay. a different play. A different I actually would have felt bad if it was Macbeth. But, but you're not supposed to say it for any play, is it? Any play, yeah. In, okay, but in the on theater. backstage, yeah, in the yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the thing is, you'd be full of room people who know... Like that, it's not actually a scientific thing, and no, and you know what I mean. Uh, and Duncan's not going to come from the grave and cut yeah. your head off, like. But it still just f- makes you feel bad. Yeah, it's it's a genuine effect. So there's there's a truth to that. Yeah, you know? and it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's more fun. Yeah, like, there's a guy who who's done the the Scottish play in the play that I'm doing right now, and he talks about his experience on that play, and he never will say it. And it's not something that would be in my brain not to say, but I I really enjoy when he yeah. doesn't. I like oh, oh, I like yeah, that he goes out of the way. I'm like ooh. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also a whole thing of like it's. But also, if you write fiction and you write about fantasy stuff, you kind of have to believe in a little. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. And maybe yeah. you might believe it in the real world a little, but that means you can write it very well and you're doing no harm then if you're putting it into a safe creative place you yeah. know what I mean so, so I think yeah you, it's it's okay to believe in things but just n- not be a politician or not you know what I mean not say I'm president because God chose me because then that's just plain wrong you know? yeah I yeah, know of course of course yeah cool man alright let's go again yeah I'm having fun. Yeah, I felt I felt anxious about talking about my agnosticism, and now I'm just like, no, I feel better. I think I've justified myself now. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, totally, man. No, yeah. this I I feel like our, our like listeners are like the most, the coolest people. They're very excited. I like yeah, I well, head, head stuff. Head stuff's a good crowd. It's a really good crowd. Yeah, the best. Um, okay, so number twenty two. Do you have number that? Twenty two. <laughs> no, no. I think we can confirm now. It's not gonna. I mean, we'll keep playing, but I think we can. I'll start giving short answers. To we have. More. I think we have time for like. 
two more probably. Okay, it's yeah. So it's so it's not happening. But, no, it's not happening, man. But I genuinely yeah. thought it like it could. I should have known it would. Yeah. But but at the same time, you have to believe. You do. You have. <laughs> not to that believe. it affects how you turn. The, <laughs> this is complete randomness and chance. But yeah. yeah. Hey. Oh my God! I just caught eyes with the forty-two ball. So Ooh. I'm gonna let that. That's a number I said earlier. Yeah, yeah, Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. I like how the forty-two ball has eyes as well. That's enjoyable for me. Uh, okay, but this one was twenty-two, and the question is. Did you ever get detention in school? Yeah, once. What did just you do? the one time I didn't hand in a uh, GCSE. G- GCSE? The the really pointless one junior in junior search. Yeah, yeah. the GC the the, the pseudo political thing. I CSP. Gonna, CSP. Yeah. I didn't hand in a CSP assignment and so I got um I got detention for it. Whoa. And uh it was like low level detention as in everyone else there was treated a bit it was a particularly strict teacher who is you know so he might actually listen to this because i'm friends with him on facebook now lara duffy was <laughs> supervising hey lara if you're listening Hilarious. and he's a big film fan so he might be keeping up with, with the, the movie so and funny. stuff but he uh he was there i remember him being really strict on some of the other students there but not so much us because he was kind of like oh well these guys they're the junior students who just didn't hand in an assignment they didn't like break a window or anything like that even right. though nothing like that was happening in my school but you know what I mean they didn't do anything it was just a, basically they failed there was just a a penalty for this thing yeah and um yeah, so I really wasn't a troublemaker. I, I barely, I, I, the deputy principal asked who the fuck I was like halfway through third year because that's when he literally first noticed me. I was really, I really just existed in the shadows in school. Like, that's really funny. Because I had two brothers. I'm the middle of two brothers, of three brothers, right. three boys. And, and like, they would, I know your other brothers, but I, I don't know you. So it's like, so you skipped me, you know, the older one. Yeah. And then you just missed me, and now you're the other one. And it's like, oh, there's a third one in the middle. How do you find being the middle child? Um, I I I 100% believe in middle child syndrome. Really? I 100% believe in it, and I wonder if it's some, some sort of fixation that I that one of the, the the big word in the film I made is the word middle. <laughs> it's right there, so I'm just like, and it's about an angsty teenager. So, but yeah, I I I, I think yeah, I completely believe in it that there's sort of like a, a misfitness to it, uh, which I think everyone in my family would disagree, and fair enough because I think you know everyone feels like a misfit in their family, but yeah. But I know I 100% believe in it. I think I think it makes you the weird one. It can. Interesting. I, I, I personally see. I'm defending myself against what my family are going to say. Oh come on! Like what about you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone will feel like a misfit in their own family. That's of course. Well. Yeah. I don't want to take that away from them. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's interesting. But if you're if I'm going to ask answer the question, the answer is I think it, 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 it exists. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Let's do one more. Yeah. Let's try guys at 42. Do you want to do you want to spin it yourself? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, because you got to make your own you, destiny. So I yeah, okay. turn it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give it a. I love the noise. There it you makes. go. Oh, you took two. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you well, got. Well, I got a two. You got a two, which is on here. Oh, okay. We'll give you that because you got twenty-seven yeah. as well. But two came out first. Two came out you, first. You, your wrists were too strong. I won't and it's ask a 27, how. Twenty-seven, which isn't on this. Okay. Well, let's get. Let's give you two. T- take it off. Once again, but once again, it's one away from the one I chose, which is twenty-eight. <sighs> man, you're nearly man. That's, you're nothing but nearly, nearly man, Seamus Hanley. Two out of six. Two out of six, not bad. Not bad. Two got you two out of six. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. Two. Sorry, I was having a moment. Um. Yes, I think I know the answer to this question, but let's go with it anyway. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Um, I think I might be... Isn't there an intro-outro? Is there one where you're both? There's an... I think you can be an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Oh, okay. What's the difference? So I think that I am... Uh, yeah. Just make talk about myself. Uh, I think I am probably... Um, you're not allowed to talk about yourself. I didn't win. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you go oh, on. Sorry, it's sorry, your man. show. Let me, sorry, talk, let, me, let me let you do your show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm probably a, an... In, in, 
like an introverted extrovert. So I, I think I'm an introvert at, at heart. I think I get my energy from myself and being alone. Like it's really important to me to. Yeah, you figure there are people who don't really think about who they really are. Yes, but I. There but are I think people, I, it's strange to, th- to realize that. Well, yeah, but as well, I think then like w- how people perceive you. Like you know, I, I you know, uh, I'm an actor, which is people consider very like. So I don't know social or like uh, sometimes well, yeah, we, brave and, and you do something. like you said you do stage stuff so I do stage and more screen, putting yourself out stage, there yeah. than film because they said that the difference between film and plays plays are alive and films are dead as in like as in a film when you watch a film it's something that's in the past but when you watch a play it's happening right now yeah you're technically a part of it you know what I mean yeah so, for so, sure so that's more putting yourself out there than with a the film right so that I think that like looks very extroverted um, but yeah I think I, a lot I get. I, I, I'm probably like 40, 60, you know what I mean? 55, yeah, 45. But so, but like, which one are you emphasizing if you're an uh, intro, I believe extro, and extro intro? Inter, I think introverted, whatever one goes first, I think that's what you truly the first are. Is who, oh, right. So you're like an extrovert who's introverted. So you're an intro extrovert. <laughs> I, I think I'm an introverted extrovert. So what I'm saying is I think I'm an introvert at heart, but I think I appear very extroverted. Yeah, I would say the same about myself. Right. Yeah. No, I'd say I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, would you like to? Would you ever like to change that? Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm such a you know coulda woulda shoulda like you know what I mean like you right. can't you can't go back and change things. So why I'm 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 like if you also if you ask me hypothetical questions, I'll just question the universe of the situation. Like what, what, what like you know yeah. which train track do you choose? And okay. It's like well how did I get this job? And it's like I, mean, I, I can't answer this question. Like how, no, you can't just there's you know what I mean like yeah, there's yeah. so many different things as to what makes your decision amalgamation so it's not just an objective situation that everyone has to a binary answer for so that's happening right now it's like i i guess you know i'd like to be less anxious Mm. i would like to be less anxious um definitely uh and i think when you start building uh i guess like your own little company of what you do then you feel like you're creating a foundation for yourself. You also have to be commercial about it and, you know, sort out taxes and things like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there's a point where you're kind of manifesting your own little home. Mm. Unfortunately, a lot of people are around that at least not necessarily live there, but can be visitors to that. And that, that, those are your frequent collaborators or your constant collaborators are the more like the, the soulmates and stuff. And I think doing that is what appeases that anxiety. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, or maybe I just need to be taken Xanax. I don't know, but uh, I, it's not that bad. But um, but yeah, I would like to be less anxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's that whole thing of I, I just I, I'm not a, a don't believe in you know like the wish fulfillment thing where it's like oh if only that and then I, I just my mind can't even go there because then I start thinking well no how can I do that well what am I doing this week and what have I been doing for the past few years then where am I going with that and I, I like where it's going and so you know what I mean I find it very hard to answer questions like that where it's like it, I, I'm surprised I gave you a que- an answer to the question um, you know what would you say to your 12 year old self I'm yeah. surprised I gave an answer to that because I'm kind of like well if I went back and changed that then I wouldn't be that person and you know what I mean and, and that's not even me thinking about time paradoxes that's just me thinking about how like that person is where I am now so I, I just looking back I mean I'm constantly constantly obsessing over my memories and things that happened but at the same time I don't believe in like oh if only I could go back it's like well I can't so mm-hmm. you know what I mean I get you man yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for sure well good news is this was great and I feel like you have nothing to be anxious about about our time it was really fun oh um, cool yeah no, I, you, I really you, enjoyed this thank you man for doing it would you do me a favour and let all the people know about this very very cool film and I genuinely mean that and all thank the other you bits of your podcast and everything that you want to tell us about yeah so The Middle Finger it's a superhero comedy uh, written directed and starring me and uh, it's about a teenager I play a teenager at a stretch uh, who uh, is 
through no convenience of him whatsoever, kind of a lonesome, anxious teenager who, no convenience to him whatsoever, is turned into a superhero by uh, an, ancient, an alien being called Belzar, who uh, thinks that giving the finger is a sign of respect uh, and then won't change it. And he's not clear what his superpowers are. It's very much in the style of things like uh, Earthworm Jim and The Tick, which I grew up watching as a kid, uh, th- those kind of superhero comedies. And um, it's showing in the lighthouse uh, one night only uh, at half 10 in the lighthouse on Friday, the 18th of August. And then it's going to be getting released uh, later on by Troma Entertainment. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Troma Entertainment are, they are the longest-running independent film studio in America and uh, kind of the kings of B-movie cult movie films. So it was sort of, for me, those I, I assume, I'm assume i guessing you don't know who they are or you wouldn't be aware of them. I only kind of read into them after I've seen that you guys... Sure, yeah, because I've been aware of them for a long time and uh, and was a, a big fan of one of their movies, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. So then getting picked up by them and then meeting Lloyd Kaufman, who is uh, the guy who started the career. He runs the company and he started the careers of James Gunn, who makes the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker got their start with this company as well. So that's, that's, that's a great thing to say to people because like, people are like, oh, I've heard of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But also he co-directed Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. So the fact that he's wow. there promoting this movie, that, which was inspired by his, uh, is incredible. So so showing on Friday and um, then it's going to be out on Blu-ray and on Amazon and iTunes later this year. Nice. Uh, and you can check it out as well on Troma now, right now, which is the Troma subscription, subscription service. Great. For if you want, if you like schlocky B-movies uh, and crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, it's $6 a month. There's lots of crazy stuff on there and my movie's on there too. So. Awesome. And you have a podcast? I have a podcast too called the 8th Dimension Podcast. Right. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the... It's 8th Dimension Pod, I think it is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You think I'd remember this? Mm-hmm. My Twitter is Seamus Hanley, at Seamus Hanley, S-E-A-M-U-S-H-A-N-L-Y, and uh, there's a link to it there. But it's a podcast about odd and obscure films. And um, we just, just yesterday recorded our episode. This is probably going to be out before... Our episode of Eighth Dimension is out, but uh, we did uh, Kuso by Flying Lotus. Uh, it was a movie that we we did, really, really super weird movie. But we've also done stuff like the uh, TV movie biopic about Arnold Schwarzenegger that came out in 2005 that no one fucking knows about. Cool. But I have on DVD because I found it in GameStop once. Uh, and stuff like Beyond the Black Rainbow and... Uh, just yeah, just odd movies, and and then particularly uh, Bookru Banzai or the Adventures of Bookru Banzai across the Eighth Dimension, of which our podcast is named after. Amazing. So if you like odd movies, movies no one fucking has heard of, but have sort of a small cult audience, check us out. Great. Well, Seamus Howney, thank you so much for playing personality. Been with Tom. Thank Warren. you. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed this. So guys, that was Seamus Hanley playing personality bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Seamus for taking the time to do it. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I assume it was brilliant. Guys, other than that, we have the live show coming up. As I said, it's a massive deal for us. It's personality bingo and an Irishman abroad. Uh, Jarlett Regan is going to be my guest. Roddy Doyle is going to be his, his guest. It's, it's so exciting for us. And as I said, we're on on September the 22nd. Tickets are 18 euro plus uh, whatever charges the Ticketmaster have. Um, it's presented by Headstuff and by Aiken Promotions. It's really, really exciting. It's got all the best podcasts podcast in the world as well as the best podcast that Ireland has to offer and I'm so chuffed to be uh, on stage with uh, one of my podcasting heroes corny and all as it sounds it is true guys other than that come check me out in the rivals Uh, we're running until September 2nd and then after that in the Dublin Fringe Festival with fierce notions Um, other than that just a few quick thank yous Um, a massive thank you to the boss woman Taz Kelleher for editing 
mixing and uh, all the wonderful work she does on the podcast. Also, check out In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. The first episode just dropped there. I checked it out. It's absolutely brilliant and I couldn't recommend it anymore. They're tackling the big questions in life in little 15-minute shower-sized chunks. It's going to be wonderful and uh, I implore you to check that one out. Uh, A massive thank you to Alan, Paddy, Sean, all the guys at Headstuff who do so much for us. A huge thank you for having us. A big thank you to Conor Nolan for our brilliant artwork, to Leah Moore, Anthony Manley, for the beautiful music that we have every week at the top of the episode and at the very end. And again, a massive thank you to Seamus for taking the time to do the podcast. Other than that, guys, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, give us a a like, a subscribe, a a share on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever you do. It all makes a massive difference in uh, helping us uh, stay relevant and stay out there. So, guys, until next week when we have another guest playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 